You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And there was so much to discuss in Jimbo Fisher's press conference from the 2021 SEC Media Days. One day of coverage wasn't enough. We got to go back in. We got to listen to more things of what he said. And we got to talk about some of the biggest questions that still have yet to be answered. And that's what we plan on doing on today's show. NBA mock draft king Chad Ford and of course the Locked On NBA host John Carlisle and Raphael Barlow will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow along the Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th starting at 7 p.m. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on the Odyssey app, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you love this style of work, make sure you check out my written work at AllAggies.com. All Aggies is a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and, of course, Locked On Aggies. So we kind of mentioned it yesterday. There was some things that Jimbo Fisher said that are really strong. Possibly some of the best parts of his press conference were talking about areas of need. Areas of how to beat Alabama, where you treat every game like you're playing Alabama. And how, even though Nick Saban is still the GOAT, he and Nick Saban have a relationship well outside of the spectrum that probably a lot of young A&M fans don't know. So let me fill you in real fast. Texas A&M, before it was ever a thing, never knew what Jimbo Fisher or Nick Saban were. But the SEC always knew who both of these two were because of the success that they had at LSU. When Nick Saban was the head coach at LSU in 2003, Jimbo Fisher was his offensive coordinator. And his defensive coordinator at that time was Will Muschamp, who up until last year was the head coach at South Carolina. And before that, he was the defensive coordinator at Auburn. And before that, he was the head coach at Florida. So again, there's a lot of ties with these programs in the SEC to Nick Saban. Now, after that, you know, you had... Jimbo Fisher go to Florida State underneath Bobby Bowden. He was the offensive coordinator there for a little bit. And then he became the head coach and took the Seminoles back to the title game for the first time since 1999. 98, my bad. No, 99. I was right. 99. And since then, Florida State has been constantly praised and brought up in the national spotlight. And a lot of that is because of Fisher. Now, they've struggled finding a head coach. Willie Taggart did not work out. Mike Norvell feels like he could work out, but there's still so much uncertainty with Norvell, even though he was a proven winner at Memphis, that Florida State, they may never recover entirely from Fisher departing in 2017 to come to the SEC in 2018. But as you see, everything has a reason. And Jimbo Fisher kind of brought that up himself. When you look at the history of Jimbo Fisher as a head coach at new programs, there's a positive climb and then a really, really rapid decline. And you don't want to see that rapid decline come to College Station. But think about this. He won the most games 
in, I think, three years, his first year at Florida State, 10 wins. The next year, he dropped a win. So he had nine wins. The year after that, he won the Orange Bowl. And the year after that, he won a national title. Now, again, it helps when you have the right quarterback, and it helps when you have the right pieces around you. But same thing is kind of going on in Texas A&M. They won the most games, I think it was two years. Yeah, two years, I'm not mistaken, in 2018, including finally beating LSU, even though it took seven overtimes to get there. After that, they dropped one game. They had seven wins instead of eight wins. The next year, they just miss out on being in the playoff or the BCS, and they go to the Orange Bowl, and they win the Orange Bowl. And then in year four, here we are. Jimbo Fisher knows what the similarities are. And he actually brought that up in Hoover when talking about how he can also see very similar details about that 2013 Florida State team and this 2021 Texas A&M team. I'm all for it if that's what happens. I promise you that. Uh, uh, But, you know, I think is because I think from the cultural change of you putting how you believe, what you want, how you want to play, the things you want to do into place. I think from that standpoint and the success standpoint we've had, I think there there are a lot of similarities. I think, you know, our first, this is our first four, you know, we've had three great classes. This is our fourth class. That group is juniors now. The first class that we recruited fully. And uh, just a tremendous group of people who understand the culture of how you want to play. And to me, the culture of an organization is the most important thing. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you believe, and the way you go about your day-to-day habits and what you truly create in those habits that allow you to be successful in those big situations. And, you know, I think we've done it. Our staff has done a tremendous job recruiting. Our talent level has went up, up, up. And that's not to say anything bad about the guys that are there, but we, we've got a really, really talented group of guys right now, and uh, we're still recruiting that way. So hopefully that uh, part of it is there. And, it's you know, it takes time to develop that culture and get everybody else in there. And, you know, where you can say something, and walk away and know the players are going to reinforce. Like I say, we just manage a team. We've got to let the players run it. And that's getting to that point now where they, they can finish my sentences. They know what I want to say. We're in a meeting, and I'll bring it up, and I'll say, hey, we need and he say, coach, we got this, this. And, yes, sir, I don't even have to finish it. I mean, so those parts of the program are very similar. Now, hopefully, we do, you know, the results will come when we don't worry about the results. The results will come when we really buy into the day-to-day process of how we have to do things to create those habits that allow us to really execute under pressure and take those next steps. But very pleased with the progress we've made, and I'm all for the results, I promise you that. The results will come when we're not worried about it. That's the thing you have to take away. Because everyone is saying for years, we just gave Jimbo Fisher all this money, Jimbo Fisher has to be a top 10 coach. We have to make sure that we are consistently winning in the recruiting battle and we're winning in the rankings and we're winning in the college football polls and we're winning in the state of Texas and yada, yada. Do you want to win or do you want to win the right way? Because you can win any single year. That happens all the time. You watch an Auburn team win a national title. You watch Florida State win a national title. You watched Miami win a national title in the 2000s. Best of all, LSU in 2019 won a national title. What happened? Of those teams that I mentioned, Florida State was good for about two more years. After that, decline, 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 decline. Before any of those, decline. And then LSU, fabulous season. And I give them this. 
you lose everyone and you have a COVID-19 year, I give you a bye. I'll give you a bye. But I don't think that you're good enough to be back in that same category as Texas A&M. I also think you're not good enough to be in that same category as Ole Miss. So that means you're probably fourth in the SEC this year. And there's nothing wrong with fourth place, but after winning a national title, you expect to be either first or second in your conference, not your division. That's what you expect. And that's because of sometimes you didn't do it right. Now, here's the good news. LSU did it so right that everyone left. Most of them got drafted. Dave Aranda became a head coach at Baylor. You look at um, Joe Brady. He's likely the biggest name for a head coaching position in the next year or so at the NFL or collegiate level. You did it right because if you have the right pieces. But if you're Texas A&M, you also are doing it right because if even though you're losing a ton of starters, look at the depth behind you. And Jimbo Fisher kind of said it really well. This will be the fourth recruiting class. The class that's leaving this year will be the last class he did not recruit. So it's still his team that he's building in his image. And remember, for about two years after they won the national title, Florida State was still pretty good. They went to the college football playoff. They were the very last team to win the BCS game. After that, they went to the college football playoff in the first year. They lost. But, you know, Let's just admit that they did lose to Oregon. But the next year, they also went to the Peach Bowl. So they still were a New Year's Six contender. They never really faded away until the final year of Jimbo Fisher. And that's something that I do think you have to consider when looking at this A&M team. It's now almost all of his recruits. It's now almost all of his staff. And it's now almost every bit his team. Do you want to win or do you want to win right? Because of if you win once, yeah, you won, but you're back at square one. If you win right, you may not win for six, seven years. But when you win, you're not going away. It's not a six, seven year span of, oh, let's just see what happens. It's a, no, now we're here. Now we're here to win. And that's the biggest point that I take away from that quote. Well, the NBA mock draft is right around the corner, and the NBA draft is actually even closer. We're now into the final 24 hours before it is draft day. And who do you think is going to go number one? And more importantly, who do you think will own the number one pick? Make sure, though, before you make any of your bets, you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to get all your bets in sports action. Get the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB and the UFC MMA. Before next pitch, before tip-off, before hockey puck drops, don't send the sidelines anymore. Get into the action because this is your chance to go to the games and prep as your teams look to make a run for the postseason. Head on over to betonline.ag on their website via your laptop or your phone, mobile device, whatever you want to use, and sign up today with the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's continue this conversation. Naturally, we got to play the quote. We got to play the quote. Everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows what he said. But this is still a big story. It is still a big story. Like the Texas and, of course, 
OU news of what it means to come play in the SEC. Because Jimbo Fisher maybe knew about this a couple days in advance. Maybe. It felt like he knew about it maybe minutes before going on stage. Because the story broke less than 10 minutes before he went on stage. I was in the middle of getting my prep work for the actual press conference. And I just see Twitter blow up. And I have to look and I go, oh, all right, well, this is happening. No worry about anything else. This is the main focus moving forward. So here was the clip. Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you think about something like that? I don't know. I'm just worried about A&M. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, we got the greatest league in ball. So, I mean, you know, that, that's the choices they make or what they do. I don't know, but I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just worried about A&M. I'll control what I want to control here. <laughs> Besides anything else, Jimbo Fisher has probably one of the most contagious laughs out there. Like him just going, I bet they would. You heard the eruption from fans. But at the same time, I think he brings up a good point. You control what you control. And I brought this up on Monday's show. Should Aggie fans be mad at Greg Sankey and the SEC? No, you shouldn't. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't because of, yeah, if you were kept out in the dark in some capacity, and that could come in a multitude of ways. Maybe actual presidents know what's going on and athletic directors have no idea. So maybe Ross Bjork and Jimbo Fisher were thrown off. But if they weren't thrown off, they can't be mad. And more importantly, I do realize, yeah, there's always the little brother stigma that sticks around. Between Aggies and Longhorn fans. I cover both teams. I've seen both teams. I've met with both coaches. I know there's that animosity, number one. And number two, there is that overall disdain taste from both sides. Because if one believes, even though the other is in the SEC, they're still little brother. And the other one was tired of being called the other club. And now in the SEC... Jimbo Fisher has this team looking like not an SEC contender, not an SEC West contender, but a national championship contender. And you look at all that and you see Texas come into the conversation. Oh boy, here we go. It's all new. I don't think you realize just how much power people have seen come out of Texas A&M and how well respected A&M is. In the national media today. You're not the same team you were in 2012. When Johnny Manziel marched into Tuscaloosa. Into Bryant Denny Stadium. And took down Alabama. You're not that team. But what was funny is. That team was a Big 12 team. That team would get steamrolled by this team. Today. They 100% would have lost last year. To the A&M team. The A&M team last year would have beaten the crap out of the 2012 team. They would have. Because of what happened was, you saw SEC ball that year. A&M still had two losses that season. Yeah, they beat Alabama, but they still had two losses. You put A&M and this 2020 team against any of those teams in 2012. I guarantee you that A&M walks away as the national championship champion that year. Because they would have definitely beaten that Alabama team. They definitely would have beaten any other team in the SEC. They would have taken down Georgia in the SEC championship. 
And I would say about four or five teams would have taken down Notre Dame that year in Miami. That 100% would have happened. So yeah, you're not the same team that is little brother. And you have an opportunity to rewrite that story. And Jimbo Fisher kind of says it best. Control what you can control. Control what you can control. That's a big deal. And that's a big saying. We don't know what's going to happen in this SEC. We don't know if they're going to go divisions or pods or, you know, just two major conferences. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. But you control what you control. Texas A&M right now can control the fact that they are in the SEC. They are winning in the state of Texas. They are winning outside the state of Texas. They are winning in all aspects of the game. And they're actually showing so much more improvement, not just on the football field, but in every aspect of the sport of football than the Longhorns. Now, again, look at this from a major perspective. Yeah, I would say Texas maybe has the number of Texas A&M when it comes to basketball right now and definitely baseball. But that's three to four years away. Is David Pierce still going to have that same Longhorns team that he had in 2021? No, he won't. Will Jim Schlossling will be able to bring in a new Aggie dynasty? He could. Same with Buzz Williams. Is Chris Beard going to be able to fix Texas basketball to that elite level? He could. I don't know. Maybe Buzz Williams can, though, in College Station. That's the thing. You control what you control. And A&M right now is playing their best ball in the league that has, according to Jimbo Fisher, the best ball. That's the biggest deal. That's what you take away from this. He's not worried about Texas showing up or Oklahoma coming in and crashing the party. He's worried about Texas A&M right now. Because right now, if we focus so heavily on Texas coming to the SEC, then we take away the fact that A&M has made all these improvements on so many different levels that they are now a different team than they were in 2011 when they left the Big 12 to come to the SEC. I'll say this once and for all. Texas is not an SEC team. Like Texas A&M in 2012 was not an SEC team. But A&M in 2022, 2021, definitely in 2020, they were an SEC team. It'll take that long for Texas to get to get to that standard of being an SEC team. And Jimbo Fisher is worried about Aggie football. Because right now, Aggie football, they're playing the best ball in the conference with the best ball. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Did you know that Built Bar not only is great tasting, but it has every unique flavor that you want? So whether you're a coconut person, a coconut almond, a raspberry, a cherry, a peanut butter brownie, or a salted caramel, there's something for everyone. And if you don't know what your flavor is, no problem. They have a mix box where you get two of every flavor. The bars are great for you because they're high in protein, high in cal- uh, low in calories, low in sugar, and high in fiber. They usually carry about 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net 
carbs. Order today and get the raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and make sure that you use the promo code LOCK15 to save 50% off your next purchase. Built Bar also, if you didn't know, was the sponsor of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network, the ultimate mock draft show that features Chad Ford, the ultimate NBA of mock drafts, Odyssey NBA expert Brian Scalabrine, and former NBA general manager Brian McDonough will break down every single week. It is the perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our Locked on NBA local experts will make selections and trades for some of you for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Odyssey is your home for sports, podcast, music, news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So I kind of talked about yesterday, the quarterback battle is going to be one of the more intriguing things, but so is the offensive line. This was a unit that allowed four total sacks in all SEC play, and they didn't allow any sacks against Alabama, and they didn't allow any sacks against Auburn, two of these teams that are known for having strong defensive lines. Two sacks came against Vanderbilt, one sack came against Mississippi State, and I always forget who the other sack came against. But my point is that this was a team that allowed four total sacks last season and missed out on the Joe Moore Award. So instead, I look at this team and how can they replace that production. What's funny is Jimbo Fisher is not worried about this offensive line. In fact, he's embracing the fact that with a full year to learn the system, they could be even better than the line in 2020. Here was the clip. Well, yeah, that's a good point. We lost, four, as you know, we had a great offensive line last. We gave up four sacks on the year, had almost negative plays, almost zero negative plays, which are huge. You know, giving up those negative plays and sacks and tackles for loss, it's hard to move the football. And we were able to be so good on third down and number two in the country and third down last year and the things we did because we didn't have those penalties or didn't have those negative plays. But definitely replacing those four guys, those guys did a great job. But I really like, I mean, you got Kenyon Green, we moved out to tackle, who I think is one of the best pure football players in America. I really do. I'm very high on him. Luke Matthews at center is another guy who was playing for us who got injured last year, who would have been in the mix big time, who I'm very high on, I think, is a very smart intellectual player. Uh, getting Jameer back in there, he's going to be able to fight for one of the tackle positions. I mean, that gives you some great experience there in those three guys. And then Leighton Robinson at one of the guards right now, who I'm really high, powerful, one of the most powerful guys I've ever been around. And you saw in the film when he played, uh, has experience, has been around, understands what we do, I think has a chance to be an excellent player. Uh, and at Aki, our, our left guard, I, listen, guys, I'm going to say this one. I've been around a lot of athletic guys in my time. Not many I've been around more athletic than he is. And has power, explosion. Now, he's got to continue to play as a young redshirt freshman, but this guy has a chance to be a really, really special player, in my opinion. And, and we got some great guys that we've recruited with a tremendous incoming class and some other guys backing them up. So, again, we lost a lot of experience, but the guys we have are very, very talented. I mean, very talented, and will all be draft picks, in my opinion, if they, Lord willing, they stay healthy and keep developing like I think they can. So I'm very excited about that. But as you know, that's the continuity to get five guys to play as one. That's going to be that's the challenge, and how quickly they can adapt to that. But they had a great spring. Summer's been going well, and I'm really that's one of the things I'm the most excited to watch because I know what their ability is. And then saying this in a crazy way, if that can come together, it can even raise that level of play that we had there. And that's no knock on anybody we had. There's some very, very talented guys in that group. Look, here's the deal. 
He basically just announced who are the starters. Jameer is going to play the right tackle spot. You're going to have Leighton Robinson play the right guard spot. Luke Matthews is going to be the center. Uh, Aki is going to be the left guard. And Kenyon is going to be the left tackle. If that's what you have for a starting group, you're in a very good spot. Because if one comes from a purebred family of football players and Matthews, at probably the most important position, after that you have a guy who's been playing in the SEC on your bookend at left tackle, even though he's been playing guard with Kenyon Green. And then you have Jameer Johnson, who's played at least eight games as a starter and 11 games total for Tennessee at right tackle and left tackle. And that's huge because if he was a graduate transfer, so even though he's got one year of eligibility, that one year could be a huge difference for this team. So I look at this Texas A&M offensive line. If Landon Robinson is as strong as Jimbo Fisher says he is, the right side of the line is going to be able to be one of the best in college football. Because if you're going to be able to pound it down the throats on that right side, with Jameer being the right tackle and Layden probably being that great bulldozing guard to clear either A, B, or C gap, depending on which way he leans on the play. And you can use him as a pulling guard as well, to where you have Jameer probably blocking down on the defensive end, and the free outside linebacker gets a full crack from Layden Robinson. If he's as, as athletic as he is, that's a big deal. But it's very clear the offensive line has a direction, and they also have, I think, a purpose and a basis of where to build off of for the future. The show is a little bit long tonight, I know it is, but I felt like there was something really important that we need to bring up. And that was, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned his name. Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and he soon will depart this earth. If there's anybody out there who has a better connection... With Bobby Bowden. It would have to be his son. After that. Jimbo Fisher probably is next in line. And he talked about it. At SEC Media Days. Because of, it was the very first question asked. And for the first time in a while. I've seen a side of Jimbo Fisher. I never thought I would see. Here's the clip. Coach. And yeah I just spoke with somebody. In that in relation to that. And I want to say two things here. I do want to make a couple comments. First is keep Coach Bowden in your prayers. I think he's one of the greatest, not only the greatest football coaches that's ever lived, he's one of the greatest human beings that's ever lived. What he's meant and what he, and the, the ministry he preaches to his players and what he's meant to, not only his players, but to me as a, uh, a mentor, I, like I said, we were, I just talked to him just, I mean, approximately just under a month ago. We had a long conversation on the phones. I call periodically and we stay very close as people don't realize he and I are very close. He's been, I've been a part of their family, I guess, as I say, since 1984 when I started playing with Terry and I used to go to Tallahassee and stay at his house. I used to stay at his house and go watch practices, stay there and listen to him, sit in meetings, sit in the back and watch him organize meetings. I sat in the press box and put a headset on when he used to call games, when I became a first offensive coordinator at Sanford, and listened to him call games and, and how he did things, the things he did for me in my career and how much we've intertwined, you know, with the Birmingham connection, him being from Birmingham, him playing at Howard College, me playing, coming back here and playing for Terry at Sanford. And, you know, we both, uh, and I'll say this, there's been two All-American quarterbacks, as I, at my knowledge, unless there's a third one in Sanford history, Sanford and Howard, myself and Bobby Bowden. I said how, how crazy that is, that my first college game as a coach 
at Florida State when I was a head coach, I coached against Sanford. So our lives have, and the Bowden family have intertwined so much. And what they've meant to me and what he, Terry, Tommy, Jeff, I mean all of them, all the whole, fa whole Bowden family, but more, and Ann, but how importantly Bobby was and what he treated me like and when I was coaching under him and what I learned. Uh, it's sad. It really is. But if there's anybody ready to, to be with the good Lord and if things come in time, it's him because there's no one that preached the Lord, about the Lord and did more for people in, in that regard. He's one of the great human beings that's ever coached and uh, one of the great coaches that's ever coached. So saying that. Also, I'd like to say something about R.C. Slocum. Keep him in his thoughts and prayers. He's doing very well. as He's fighting... Uh, some some disease right now that uh, you know RC is one of the great A and M people and he's doing a great job and uh, I think fighting through very well and I think everything from what we're understanding is going very well so keep him in your prayers. There's always a person or two in your life that matters way more than you think they ever will, and sometimes you don't know how much they do until it's either too late or too much time has passed and you kind of forget about them. But we all have our own. Bobby Bowden, in life. Think of yours right now. How much do they mean to you? When was the last time you talked to them? When was the last time you just said thank you? Maybe they haven't done anything for you in a while, but you remember what they did for you in the past. Where's that Bobby Bowden? Who is your Bobby Bowden? Maybe give them a call. And if they're no longer here, maybe go out... Look up at the sky and tell them about your day. Where they are. Where you are. What's been up with you. What they've missed and how much you miss them. I have a couple body bounds in my life. One was my grandfather. Met the absolute world to me. He passed away in 2019. I got a few years left with him when he started to get sick. And I cherish those mem memories. A lot. Another one is Lars Anderson. Lars was a teacher at the University of Alabama. And I asked him to join his class even though it was full. But because of how much I wanted to learn, he was willing to make a spot. Naturally, four people actually ended up dropping the class within a week. And I became one of his favorite students. Without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Working at the level I am. Meeting the people I am. Hanging out and finding out better stories and better content for my career. He was my Bobby Bowden. And he still is. I don't talk to him that often. And I probably should. We all have our own Bobby Bowden. Jimbo Fisher doesn't let a lot of people in. But he let Bobby Bowden in. And for a split second, he let us in. To who he truly is as a person. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Follow all of our written content at allaggies.com and make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. On tomorrow's show, let's talk about expansion. No, 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 not just Texas and Oklahoma, but there also is reports that maybe eventually. The SEC moves to 20 teams. Who would be the team that Texas A&M would love to see join? And who would be the team that Texas A&M would hate to see join? We'll talk all that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, come y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.